I'm over here now. I was over there. Now I'm over here. Sure. I'll bring all my shoes and my, my glasses with me. So I have them. <laughs> Yeah, I'm with the OGs on the block to see the terror Eating pasta, primavera, feeding caca, be together People never know the wild shit we might say Grew up on Eddie Murphy, Jerky Boys, and Dice Play. I've been waking up nights, screaming Brooklyn Blast podcast Mama took my porn mags, jerkins, and a soft rags Easy when we talk about Mr. Ferrari Cause we go way back when we used to play Atari Sparked weed, taking shots like the Fratelli's RV Doing donuts in the parking lot at Arby's Car keys, now you can't leave, lock the door Please, Jimmy's on a mission. Time to start the intervention. Let's go. We're recording. I see. A, a very special, time-sensitive episode of the Brooklyn Blast Furnace podcast. It's time-sensitive because we'll get into that. Um, with my newfound friend over here. I like this guy. I liked him before I even knew him, but I like him a lot more now. Um, the legend. Time-sensitive. Yes, time-sensitive because we, we, we're going we're gonna to have to talk about that. But... The the CEO. I'm going somewhere. <laughs> the the CEO of Megaforce Records, Craze Management, and the author of Heavy Tales: The Music, the Metal, the Madness, as lived by my guest, the legendary John Zazula, also known as Johnny Z. That's me. The hell by the I'm way, yeah, former former CEO of Megaforce, Megaforce Records. Uh, okay. All right. I, I, you know, I had my big history and started the label with Marsha and all that, but mm-hmm. nonetheless, it uh, has gone on with Missy for a few years now, and it's it's a little different, but... Sure. Well, you created it, so, all right, my, my apologies. The, the, the founder. Yeah, the founder. The guy who created it. <laughs> the guy who, who created uh, a legitimate... I'm going to say, you might not say it, but I'm going to say a legitimate empire and oh. impacted millions of people th- through a tiny little record store in New Jersey. That's true. Where two of the four of the big four um, were Megaforce bands and, and countless other legendary bands that are, are a huge, huge part of my teenage years. Huge. You know what I mean? Well, wow. and millions of others, man. So, wow. so I don't, I don't say this very often. I will admit I've said it a couple of times throughout the hundred, almost two hundred episodes that I've done. But mm-hmm. there are a handful of people that I've actually said that without having this podcast, I would never really get the opportunity to speak to. And there are some people that I never thought I would ever have the honor or the privilege to speak to, especially because don't, don't, I see you're mocking me. You're mocking oh, me. I already on, know dude. you. I already Stop know already. you. Yeah, no, I on. can't. I just... No, I have to say that. I have to say this because I was telling my girlfriend this, and there's a few friends of mine that I have since I'm like 12 years old that know this. And I really have to say, I appreciate your time because I never thought that I would ever have the opportunity to have a conversation with you. Number one, I only knew you from the little snippet of the NFV anthrax video that I've seen thousands of times with you and Marshall off the side of the stage. So I'm like, all right. Yeah. And now, and now, you know, 30 years later, I'm having a conversation with you. And for me on a personal level, 
That's pretty fucking heavy. Well, that's pretty cool. You know what did it for you, Jimmy? What did it for me, Johnny? You remind me of my long-lost son, John Monteleone. Oh, yeah? John Monteleone was in the original <laughs> M.O.D. Okay. John Monte. He was in Mind Funk. Okay. He was the bass player of Mind Funk. And he went on to be in ministry later on. And uh, you remind me a lot. Uh, you did when I first met you. You had Johnny's Essence. And I said, you know what, man? He's doing his interviews on a uh, beach chair. Yeah. This is cool. He speaks like me a little bit. Yeah. Jersey, you know, maybe Brooklyn. we should do maybe we should do this. He's from Brooklyn. I'm from the Bronx. Right. My wife comes from Brooklyn. Yes. Say shout out, shout out to, to Marsha. I mean big shout out. Huge, huge. And uh this is cool. This is, is cool. So so I said, let's do this thing, man. This right. is like and 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 I don't know who you know, which maybe is good for me in the end. <laughs> I don't know too many people. I have acquaintances and I know of a lot of people and I know a lot about music and stuff like that, but eh, I don't know. But what's really cool. I just want to, before we get into the thick of what we're going to get into, um, I had posted on the Facebook group, you know, basically what I said to you that sometimes, you know, I, I had the opportunity to do this and without doing this for three years and people supporting and listening, mm -hmm. you know, certain doors open up and, um, Mm -hmm. So I kind of left it open. I didn't say it. this was before I made any flyers or anything. I just pretty much put it out there. So I was kind of in my head and excited about doing this. And, um, you know, I, I forgot my whole goddamn point. But, uh, oh, yeah. So it's cool. No, it's cool that, that when I'm sitting at work and I had hit you up and then a weird number comes up on my phone that I usually won't answer. But it says it's a verified number or whatever. And I answer it. And it was you. It's like holy shit! Like this is fucking cool. And then you, and what'd you say? You said I think you're crazy enough to do something with me. I was like, all right. So let's let's do it. Do it. Yeah. So we're let's doing do it. it. Let's see if I'm right. Let's see if I'm right. Or let's see if I'm a fool. Let's see if I'm wrong. Let's see if we're cool. Let's no, do it. I, I think we're cool, man. I think we're fine. All right. So all right. We, we were chatting, but a little, a couple of minutes before we press record. So. Everybody who's listening knows or watching knows um, about you. I mean, you found, you basically discovered Metallica. I mean, there's no other band that's bigger than that band in the modern age at all. You founded them. I'm not going to give so many spoilers about the book in case, because I do want people to go read it or buy the audio book or whatever. But mm -hmm. there are some insane stories. Um, I will just touch on it. Must have been insane to have all four of these guys living in your house. That must mm. have been out of control. Um, and you do get into that in the book. But uh, oh yeah. So yeah, you know, I'll I'll say this to you. Metallica spent most of the time at Metal Joe's Funhouse. Okay. You know, uh, because what was happening in my house was beyond words. I had. <laughs> Venom, the original Venom living in my house. So Kronos, like, living. So Kronos is like using your bathroom. Kronos eating the glasses in my bathroom to show off how he could eat glass with his teeth and he would spit <laughs> the blood all over my 
floors and my sinks with blood and teeth and and glass. That's insane. They they burnt down my kitchen venom. <laughs> Mantis and Abaddon and that Kronos character. <laughs> and as they were living there, there was another band from England living there, Raven. Uh-huh. <laughs> And Raven were on tour and doing dates, and this is where we stopped in the Northeast. This is Zula Castle, you know, and we all came into that place. Well, Castle Megaforce is what it was called by all the punters and all the writers and all the tape traders and all that that went on back then. Nice. And it was it was sort of like the uh, the poverty version of you have this place. Right. <laughs> it was all metal bands, Anvil. Anvil and their 21 girlfriends sleeping on the floor all over my house. Oh, my God. You know, uh, we tell the story in the book that it was so noisy, my daughter Ricky couldn't go to sleep. So Cliff Byrne himself came up and he would tell her bedtime stories, read her bedtime stories to put her to sleep at night. Really? These are true things. These were just everyday occurrences in the Zazula house. That's like a sweetheart of a thing to do. Well, he was the sweetest guy, man. That's all I've ever heard. That's all I've ever heard. He was the one that you could talk to uh, without having to go through too much, you know, radar and shit. Right. Huh. You know, but it, it was very, very cool. It was very, very cool. Yeah. And, uh, but, but that was the scene, you know, all those bands living in the house, plus the people who came to see it. It was almost like, you know, I don't want to get into like what it was like back in the old, 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 old AD days. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, everybody came to see this metal thing happen. What a time, man. What like perfect time and what an insane, you know? Yeah. Motorhead was first a patch, then it became a reality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Angel Witch was a patch. Iron Maiden was a patch before it became a reality. It was very strange. Everybody wanted it on their jackets. They didn't know yet what it was. Exactly. Shit. So I mean, it all it, it all came to fruition from I mean, from from rock and roll heaven, and you and other places, and other places. Okay, in other places, but I thought you it had Arnie, and, and right in Brooklyn you had Zigzag. Oh, I remember Zigzag Records. I used, I used to buy things out of Zigzags all the time. Oh, of course you did. They were way into it, really knew what was going on. Very hip there, man. Yeah, there was Zigzag. There was, and, and then down in the city, you had Bleaker Bobs, of course. And there was right. Second Coming Records and all those record stores. I used to go, I used to, I kicked myself in the ass because I had told you during, you know, via te regular text or maybe even on the phone when I first spoke to you that. For a very, 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 very long time, like Anthrax, Joey Belladonna era, is was like my favorite band by far for a very long time. So I kicked myself in the ass because I sold all of it, man. But I had so many really cool picture discs. I mean, like the European imports of things, poster bags. I mean, forty fives. Worth a fortune now. You know they're worth a fortune now, I right? know. Every once in a while, I'll, I'll be laying in bed and I'll go down an eBay wormhole and I'll just be like, I don't know, fistful of metal, first print, 
You know, and it's insane. Certain things are insane. They used to make so many cool things, man. There was, I remember, I don't remember what song it was, but it was a, it was a seven inch. It was a 45, but it was the, it was the Anthrax logo and it was clear, but the center was the shape of a 45. And it was just, it was just fucking cool. It was square (laughs) vinyl, square vinyl. There was vinyl that was shaped like a buzzsaw, like Danny Spitz on one side, like, like just crazy cool shit. And I had so much of it and I got rid of it like an asshole. Yeah. In England, there was a single called Make Me Laugh. Mm-hmm. Off a of state of Make Me Laugh came with a knot man, a little knot man, you know, squeezy knot man. Really? Attached to a, a laughing box. And when you hit it, the knot man opened up his mouth and you heard, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> Yo, see, that, that kind of shit is so cool. Like, I had to make me laugh. There was an edition where the whole thing unfolded into a poster, and then there was just the regular 12 inch. I had, right, right. Did I had all of that. The Indians, Joey Belladonna coin. Yep. yep. There was, there was, the seven inch orange vinyl, there was the poster bag, and then there was the regular one where it was just the cover and the album came out. Or there well, was, it was the start of all that. Today, everybody's doing that shit. I you know, know. Everybody's but, doing that now, but in those days, whoever saw stuff like that, no? It's fucking awesome. And I kicked myself in the ass because I fucking got rid of it, man. I go, I, mm. one day, uh, it's like I want to start slowly getting all my shit back. I really do. I Good luck. Want- yeah, I know. Good luck. But you can find almost anything. I mean, you can. If you have you the can. money. You can. It's fun. It's I fun. It. I love it, man. Yeah. So I was telling you, I have a, I, uh, I tortured Danny Spitz one day. Yeah. People don't know he's a, the old lead, lead guitarist for Anthrax. Yeah, it was very small world because this was a time when they were my favorite band by far. This was like, I'm going to say 1990. I'm going to say they were in between legs of the Persistence of Time tour. Now, mm-hmm. my parents bought a house in 1987 in upstate New York, in White Lake, about 10 miles from Monticello. That's where Danny's father lived. Yes, George, rest in peace, and Irene, rest in peace. Right. They, I was up there. We first got the house. And there was a, I don't remember the first few people that I, that I met up there. I was like 10 years old and I had an anthrax among the living t-shirt on and somebody saw me. I had, I was chubby. I had a mullet. I had the anthrax t-shirt on Mm -hmm. and they they were like, oh, you like that band? It was like the guitar player, his parents live right down the road. I'm like, right. I couldn't believe it. Right. So one day, and of course it must have been so annoying because he comes up there and I'd walk past the house and he was there and I'm like, Oh shit. But this guy, poor little Danny Spitz, he's upstate trying to get a break from people like me. You know? Oh yeah. He don't want to know about you. No. Well, I made myself known. I handed him a stack of vinyl, but he sat there half in and out of his car and he signed everything for me and all that shit. He'll do that. Yeah, I told you to know. That. I, I, I probably annoyed the shit out of him, but hey. I left him alone. As long as you left him alone, you're okay. After I got all everything, all the signatures, then I left him alone. You know, people live for that, to be loved. Right, you know? And adored by others. It's cool, man. Yeah. 
Yeah, it looked like he got so he cool. aggravated at me because it was like um, I had like this lighter, and it was some nonsense that I bought in like some head shop or maybe zigzags or something, and it had Jug Dread on it, and it said Anthrax Iron the Law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I yeah. handed it to him like, oh, I got this. He looks at me, he holds it, he looks at me, he goes, "This is fucking fake." And I was like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, yo, I'm, 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 like, I'm eleven years old. Relax. <laughs> this, like, this is, is fake. fucking fake he tells me all right this is not my fault <laughs> yeah that's funny that's danny yeah this is fake yeah man so i mean shit i mean other bands like you know testament and fucking overkill and, yeah you know i was i you know i i knew a lot about megaforce but then i started going through like the wikipedia and stuff and i was like you put a cindy lauper record out like like no i didn't Megaforce did. It's on the Megaforce yes. records. Megaforce passed our regime. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, wow, it says Megaforce records on the Cindy Lauper. Yeah, we stopped with like the Disco Biscuits. <laughs> okay. Okay. We ended with the Disco Biscuits when my head was getting into getting real spacey and, and listening to sort of like techno groove stuff. Yeah. Okay. A little odd. So I was so that's where my head was and it ended with that. After that, you know, because I did Warren Haynes, who was the lead guitarist of the Allman Brothers. I don't know if you know that. Okay. I do know. I had Warren and uh what else? Oh a group from South Africa called Tribe After Tribe that you don't know about. I had some weird stuff. Yeah. But uh, that's where it ended. Okay. It ended where I just had enough, you know, grunge music had taken over. Metal music all sounded the same. You know, after delivering Man of War, Merciful Fate, Metallica, Anthrax, Raven, Amble, you know what I'm saying. Overkill, uh, Overkill Testament, you know, and an East Philly record, and King's X. Yeah. It's like, you know, you're saying, like, what's left to do, man? Yeah, you're right. How much longer can you go on? And people asked me to manage Pantera. Really? Yes, people asked me to manage manage Rob Zombie, White Zombie at the time. Love that, that, not not the, uh, well, I mean, a lot of people don't even realize that they have, like, four records before they got signed to Geffen. I love Well, those... When I they got signed to Geffen, that's when they they wanted me. You know, it was funny. It was Michael Olago who brought them to me. <laughs> yeah, I know Michael Olago. He, I actually had him on here. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So Michael brought them to me, and uh, blah 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 blah. And what what'd you say? You didn't want to do it. Well, I was very involved with ministry mm. and uh, we were doing we were putting together an album at the time when we started with ministry called well it, it's the album that's psalm 69 oh the psalm 69 record it's a new world order record well you know it mine is the way to succeed the way to suck eggs you know there's <laughs> there's 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 a lot of titles to it. I I don't know whatever mood I was in. That was the title of the album. Gotcha. But Psalm sixty nine, basically. Yes. 
That's a great way. With just one fix and everything on it. That's an incredible record. That just one fix is is amazing. Yeah. Uh, there's a mix that there's. Well, you have William Burroughs on that. And that was, you know, you talk about joys in your life. I couldn't go. I wasn't feeling well. But Al and the guys, they went and did a photo shoot and a video with William Burroughs. No shit. And I said, man, that's like super shit, man. Yeah. It's like me. It's like me meeting Ennio Morricone. <laughs> you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly and all that. Sure. That's super shit. Yeah. You know? Speaking about super stuff, Marsha and I <clears throat> did a, a put something together with Marsha Blasik, who was the agent for Neil Young. Okay. And he had a special show uh, in California called the Bridge School Benefit. And he had Indigo Girls on, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Neil Young. And Crazy Horse. Huh. And he had ministry on the bill, acoustic, which was very strange. Yeah, that's very odd. <laughs> he also had an unknown group that was really coming up very fast called Pearl Jam. Wow. On the bill. At this particular fest. And uh, the night before, he invited everybody over to his house for a barbecue. And I said, man, I'll do that. Go to Neil Young's house for a barbecue. Sure. And we get to the barbecue. We're there for about a half hour. No Neil Young. But I meet his wife. And I'm Pearl Jam is there. And the other groups are hanging out. And Marsha and I take a walk away from the crowd and the fire. And there's a big Indian teepee. Like with a little glowing coming inside the teepee. And we said, you know, it's a little chilly, Marsh. Let's walk into the teepee and just catch a vibe. <laughs> and we go into the teepee and getting up is Neil Young with a joint. He passes it to us. He goes, sit down, relax. Yeah. And we said, yes. Of course you did. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That was very, very cool. I don't talk about that. Yeah. In you don't the talk book. about the book, right. That's right. No, you know, there's a few things, but, you know, that's one of them. Yeah. And, uh, oh. Is, do we get a So story? anyway. Is, is, is that Marsha? Yes. Tell she her just I waved and passed by. Hello, Marsha. <laughs> <laughs> She's waving. She's out of this one. I, I get it. I understand. <laughs> it's very she's, cool, man. It's what's that? She's usually nearby. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful thing. And now she's not. <laughs> it's fucking funny. Yes. So go ahead. So go ahead. What's up? No, I was just, I was just wondering because I do have a couple of little notes just so I don't get completely blank and whatnot. But um, I didn't mention I had to mention it's a legendary record that a lot of people would probably fucking go crazy over today as far as being offensive. But one of my favorite records is the SOD record. 
Oh yeah. Now, were, were you at? Because I remember it like it was yesterday. Were you personally at the live at Budokan show at the Ritz where Billy jumped off? Absolutely. I, I was there too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I was there too. I remember like it was yesterday. I remember the lineup. It was Morbid Angel, Agnostic Front, SOD. Mm. And I remember that shit like it was yesterday. And I remember I was in that crowd. It was so hot, shoulder to shoulder, jam packed. And I'm looking around and I see Danny going nuts and Scott's going nuts and it's all hot in there. And all of a sudden I'm like, holy shit, like this fucking sick bastard is all the way up on the speakers. On the PA. On the PA. And and with the skull mask with the cigar and you say and then fucking flips off. That's like a legendary thing. And I actually had MOD played recently, probably about almost a year ago here in Brooklyn at St. Vitus. Mm -hmm. Made a split set MOD, SOD. And I did an episode. It it was basically the Billy Milano show. It was. I I listened to it. Oh, did you? (laughs) I didn't hear the whole thing. Yeah. Quite a bit of it. Yeah. Yeah. So he was talking about why he did that and whatnot. And it's crazy. Just. Billy's Billy's a character for fucking sure. That's for sure. Mm. Yeah, but those, I mean, that record's great. The, the MOD stuff, like your personal favorite record for Megaforce record, correct me if I'm wrong, is surfing MOD, isn't it? Well, you know, I, I say that to get a hoot, but <laughs> okay, I, well, you I got me. I got everybody, but <laughs> I, I happen to love that record. And, and I played the crap out of it when it came out. Yeah. And I got it all over the radio when it came out. It was a fun, fun record in a fun, fun time. Sure. And that's how I remember it, is that was the time when it was all fun and yeah. not bullshit, you know? Yeah, man. And um, the, 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 the next record after that was Gross Misconduct. And I remember I brought it up when, when I did the episodes with, with uh, Phil Demmel and, and Sean and the guys from Violence, where my introduction to that band was... The hot, the VHS tape, hard and heavy, thrash and speed. You're talking about violence now. Yeah, but that was my introduction. There was a videotape, and there was MOD was on it, violence was on it. There was an anthrax, anthrax. They played the whole antisocial video on there. That was like <laughs> I, I still have. It. I rebought that on eBay recently too. The actual VHS tape. I had to have it. Really, I I don't think I ever saw that. Really, that's okay. I don't have to see it. I've seen enough. <laughs> I'm sure. I've witnessed enough of this stuff. I'm sure, man. That's fucking funny. Yeah, you don't have to see it. I was just gonna. I was just gonna say. Listen, I, I could burn it to a DVD. I said it to you. I knew that was coming. I knew that <laughs> I was knew coming. You knew that. I knew it. That's, That's cool, though. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, man. Fucking funny. But uh, all right. So you were there. Um, see, we could talk Lamores. I mean, Lamores was my was my club for a long time you know and my first show concert ever was anthrax satan's lounge band at lamore's of course yeah man were you there too or no of course listen how do i how am i supposed to know you there's there's, like 1989 do you 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 have no idea Uh, that's why i'm talking to you i I don't pretend to know everything guy (laughs) look jimmy yeah marsha and i not just me marsha and i we're at every turn of the page, every turn of the screw, 
Joey gets into Anthrax, the writing of spreading the disease, the writing of every album Anthrax ever made up to the sound of white noise. You know, just living with them, putting together the shows, working with their lighting guy to put together the light shows and yeah. the budgets for the shows and the press for the shows I and mean, everything. Yeah. I always wondered what a- it was all done by us. I know. And, like, and I always looked at like all these, I mean, now it's, it's completely different. I, you can't really compare it. I don't think because they would, there's not so much physical stuff on stage with a lot of concerts now, but like, just like it, just like the, the state of euphoria set up on stage with all the, with the, the, the levels. I mean, that must've been like insane to navigate from city to city. Like, like, I look at that. It's like, it's, it's crazy. Well, you know something? Anthrax always wanted to give the people a show. I think they did that well. And, and you know, Charlie liked the drums up a bit, and everybody just liked it that kind of way where you could run around a lot. They were a very... Before they even did uh, I'm the Man. Yeah. You know, everybody was... was but it doesn't matter. What 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 matters was they wanted to give a good show. Um, in the video for In My World, you could see that star curtain. Yeah. And they were also like hanging up there in the curtain. Yeah. Now we were in there too. Yeah. Yeah, very lost, but it was very lost boys with them hanging off of the trussle like that. It was very lost boys. Yeah. It wasn't supposed to be that lost boys, but they were lost boys. Yeah. Well, you know, Charlie's into horror movies and stuff like that. So, yeah, I kind of see all that. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. So, so look. What's up? Oh, we were, what I'm trying to say, Jimmy, we were there for all that stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The trips to Europe. Did you see those? Yeah, we were there. We got burnt out on all of that. I'm sure. After a while, I'm sure. You know, when you have a family, you have children and you want to settle down and you don't have children unless you're ready to raise them. You know what I mean? Sure. Absolutely. Like so yeah, a thousand percent. That became important, too. Yeah. And, and, and all these bands that you're juggling all at the same time as well. I mean, you can't be in nine places at once. You know, you have all the, you have all these bands on tours like crazy, you know. Oh, yeah. There was one point where Marsh and I had over 100 people, and we weren't uh, like Madonna or any of that stuff, you know? Right. <laughs> we weren't a Metallica outfit. We were just a small little bunch of people I with know. over 100 employees out there. It's, it's rough being responsible for over 100 people's lives and rents and food and... Travel you know, and everything. Everything. Jesus Christ. And you have your own you have your own family, your own nuclear family. Fucking... And your own family, three girls. Uh-huh. It's that's why it's like my I tip my hat to you, man. It's it's I can't even imagine. I could imagine, but I can't imagine. I can't even say that. You know, I wasn't there. Well we cheated a little bit, you know, with nannies and things like that. And well. But the reality of life is we were always there. And we remain friends, if anything, to our children throughout their lives. If anything, they have great friends as their parents, you know? That's awesome. Yeah, man. 
That's fucking incredible. Well, speaking yeah. of like like great friends, like like I'm sure that like the the you are. It, it didn't make the book, and you had told me about this, but you didn't get into any details. But um, there was a little band called Overkill that Overkill uh, that that you were managing for a while, and uh, and something had happened <laughs> somewhere. Well, first of all, we never managed Overkill, but we did certainly sign them to Megaforce Records, and okay. were very dear dear friends of Overkill. And have given them much advice, and they have not taken much advice. <laughs> and Overkill goes on to be Overkill today, right? And they're doing very well, actually. They are. Uh, but one of the stories I didn't tell in the book, I, I told it on a, I think on a show here or there. I don't know why it didn't make the book, but we rented a sort of like a, an apartment in, in a townhouse in Ithaca, New York, right near our studio. We didn't own the studio. It was owned by the Perry Alice family, Pyramid Sound. Okay. And after the, the successful recording, I don't know which album it was. I think it was Taking Over, by the way. Okay. So it's I am not sure, because I was with them for the end of Feel the Fire, and that's when they had the burning butts in the studio, which was <laughs> yes, so funny. Their asses were still on fire when they came back to the studio <laughs> to chill. Right. You know, that was a scene to believe. <laughs> uh, but what happened was they finished recording the album and they went to our local haunt, Captain Joe's, to have a beer and maybe some clams or something, you know? Okay. It was right on Lake Cayuga. And Ithaca had a bunch of jock kind of people hanging out at the bar. And they started picking on Bobby Blitz, the singer of Overkill, mm -hmm. for being girly and whatever. Being girly? Well, that's the one guy you don't want to say that to. <laughs> and basically, they started with Bobby. And from what I understand, and ended up with a guy got a bottle over the head. Okay. <laughs> that night, everything is calm and cool over at the apartment, which has three bedrooms, opens up the doors to the backyard, nice gardens and jungles back there. And what happened was the door banged. The, someone's banging on the door about 12 o'clock. They open up the door and in comes about 20 guys with baseball bats and all kinds of shit to beat the hell out of Overkill. Oh, shit. Now, they made one mistake. The old bridge militia were roadieing for Overkill at the oh, time. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and you do not disturb the Overkill guys. They are real. I mean, these are maybe got bats. But they won't do anything on top of these guys. And I'm wearing a shirt for Bulldozer Bob. It's a coincidence. They have a bash for him every year. He passed away. One of a kind guy. Okay. Bulldozer was woken up with a bat across the head. Oh, shit. And he got up. And let's put, put it this way. 
The bottom line is they put the guys in the hospital and nothing happened except bruises. Most of the guys went out the windows in the back to hide in the forest. <laughs> but the Overkill Road crew and Blitz, I know that I think Gustafson fended off the crazy crowd with the bats. Now, I had to get there because I'm responsible for that apartment. Right. And I had to go see what it looked like the next morning. Uh, I mean, we heard about this and we were out, Marsha and I, probably five in the morning, got there about 11. When we got to the apartment, there were lamps broken everywhere. Mattresses, springs turned everywhere. The doors to the closets broke. But the thing that grossed me out, there were pieces of flesh hanging from the ceiling and the walls. Oh, shit. Blood splatter and flesh just sticking to the walls. <laughs> no shit. And I said, I said, this was some, 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 some. <laughs> so anyway, we ended up keeping that apartment. The floor remained buckled and we had to keep it as it is and fix it up. Because T.T. Quick were next. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and I had to get the place ready for them. Oh, my God. And where was this apartment again, you said? Up in Ithaca, New York. Oh, okay. Okay. Fuck. This yeah, man, Nick. Jumping out windows, hiding in the forest, blood everywhere. Everything's it, overturned. That's crazy. It was, it was really crazy. But I think Watch that's going to be it. For the sacred stories, you got my Neil Young, you got my Overkill and the Woods, and the ones that didn't, you know, the ones that didn't make the book yet, or didn't make the book. The ones, the ones that never made the book. I, okay. I we we discussed Jimmy, mm -hmm. and uh, that's a. I think that's about it for now. Okay. Well, you got something for me. Well, we do. Well, we do have to speak on um, what's I mean, the reason why this is a time sensitive episode is because you oh, have, the book. Come on, man. <laughs> you have the physical copy of the audio book is being released. What well, day is a deal? Talk to me. Second. Can't even talk to the third because of some deal that they have where they got to sell the audio book on Audible right. for like a month or two okay. exclusively. Gotcha. So, what's going to happen though for the first time is the Audible book, the audio book, will be available as CDs. Nice. I'm quite sure. Shame on me. Marshall will yell at me after this. <laughs> it's six or seven CDs. Okay. It comes with a CD that's all the photos that were in the book. That's so great. You have your own file of over 114 photos. <clears throat> and it also has about two and a half hours of great stuff I did on the Cranium Radio Show. Yes. Now... That Cranium Radio Show aired on Monday nights, still goes on today, the Brother Grimm Show, at 7 o'clock Eastern Time. 
They play great music and they're crazy son of a bitches, by the way. I'm plugging yeah. them damn right. Yeah. And there's two and a half hours of great Q&A. I mean, people ask me questions like, Johnny, my band's only making $250 a night, but my manager wants to get paid. Right. Do I pay the guy? <laughs> you know, I mean, what do I do? Is there a right or wrong? You know? Yeah. So, I mean, those are the kind of questions I'm asked. That's heavy stuff. If you want to know the answer, you got to get to the Q&A. I tell the answer. Sure. But but anyway, it's going to be in libraries, actually, where audio books are found. And it'll be at Barnes and & Noble and Amazon. Awesome. So it's it's kind of like a whole package. I'm, I'm sure that there's cool packaging to it. If it's a little seven CD set, that's 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 something pretty fun. It, cool. It's good. It's it's basic, but it's what's inside that really counts. Of I didn't course. do anything crazy like T-shirts and buttons and hoopla. I just want it out. Right. And you know what? The secret is when people make all that bonus stuff, it ends up costing the punter money. Sure. So yeah. I made it the best way I can make it in high quality for your sound. And you see, these are all great. Everything is great. The packaging is great. So it costs you the least amount of money mm-hmm. in the store, which I don't know what it is, even, by the way. <laughs> right. Okay. But, but you know, so for, but it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg. It's not going to cost you an arm and a leg. I mean, the audio on Audible, if you could have bought it, because they should, you know, I'm not going to get into that. But if you could have bought it, it was like $18. Yeah. I bought it. Right. And it wasn't terrible. No, it was great, man. And it has all the cranium stuff on there. Oh, so you heard that. Did you get to hear that? I did hear that. It comes with the audio download from Audible. Cool. I heard all of that stuff, man. Now, another thing, I'm going to start doing a few things with the people at Cranium because I really love them. That's great, man. You know, I took to them like I'm taking to you, Jimmy. Hey, listen, listen, you know. Where where, where are those guys from? New Jersey. Yeah, you see, we're like the same people. They're from New Jersey. I'm born and raised they, in Brooklyn. Yeah, well, that's good. And uh, yeah. I also do business. Their station is run out of uh, Arizona. Okay. Cranium, very cool people. Yeah. They have DJs on like every night. You know, it's very cool. They compete with you, but you're a different world. Why am I a different world? Well, because you're their radio and music entertainment. Mm-hmm. And I you're very, you're very serious. I, I'm serious. I'm not serious. This is at very all. serious stuff. This is like no music, no dancing. No, we're gonna bullshit, and then <laughs> and, and that's it. It's free form. Whatever. I have a couple little notes here, but nothing. Oh, look, he's so defensive. I'm not, I'm not, I'm really not. I'm just explaining myself, you know? And then, and then, and then at the end, if I'm allowed, I have to ask you this because this, this, this video is going to go up on YouTube and I'm going to run it on the Facebook group raw, just like this. But then I have the audio where everyone listens to everyone, iTunes and everywhere, but I put my little intro on and am I allowed to use, Mm -hmm. can you actually give me permission to use a certain song or a certain band? Like a megaphone? No. I can't. Believe it or not, 
I have no more control uh, with with my own catalog anymore. Oh. You know, I I basically when I was tired of the business, I walked away. The only thing you could play, and it's really lame, is uh, Lone Ranger that I could draw. <laughs> you don't want that. You well, don't want that. that. Do people even know about that? I mean, you hear about it in the book, but the Lone Ranger, that's heavy, man. I write about it in the book. Listen, uh, you broke the ice with that. You're, another, you're like a trailblazer, Johnny. <laughs> oh, that was ridiculous. That was total ego. <laughs> Total Jack Daniels. Awesome. Total, I had a studio for a day that was paid for, and I said, what am I going to do? Because who wants to waste a day's studio time? <laughs> so and the rod rapping. said they would do it. What? So you rapped. So I rapped. <laughs> now, the thing is, though, I always say it. That rap is the history of hard rocket to heavy metal. Yeah. It really tells the story. I can play that, huh? You could play that if uh-huh. you don't mind. I'll it may send people it. running. It's gonna send people running into the woods. Fuck <laughs> that. I'll play, I'll play that shit twice. I don't give a shit. That's awesome. All right. Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> don't tell ASCAP, man. They'll they'll they would they're sleeping on that one. <laughs> Nobody, nothing. I'm gonna <laughs> slip something in here and there. I'm gonna slip something. No, you could do whatever you want to do with that song, man. It All does right. believe me. God bless you. Awesome. Now, now, are you, I mean, you do have. Let's, let's get you out there because you have johnsazula.com where people could actually buy the book still right from your website, correct? Right. I'm doing the autograph book. You know what? I, even, though I, even though I had the, the the audible version, I'm gonna buy one, and and I want I want I want it for my shelf. Nice. Nice. I'll write something really groovy in it. Oh, you see that? That would be awesome. As a matter of fact, when I'm done here, when we wrap up, I'm going to go right on to johnsazula.com. And wow. I'm going to grab one. See, I sound a like plug. a professional, right? Um, <laughs> sound great to me. Oh, my God. Um, who runs the, the Megaforce Instagram page? I don't think there is one. There is. At Megaforce Records. There is one. I don't. Can I tell you something? I have nothing to do with Megaforce anymore other than I wrote the book on it, you know? Okay. Marsha and I started it and did our thing, and we have our history, and we made it what it is. Sure. But um, today, we're pretty much mellow, man. Yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. But you You do your own personal one. At the John Zazula on Instagram. That's right. I was gonna say you don't know about that one. <laughs> I do have that. The John Zazula. That's me. Yes. I go on like once every three months. Okay. You know, I don't think I have more than thirteen hundred followers. We're on Facebook. I'm slammed at five thousand each, and like three thousand people trying to get in on each one. Yes, I know. I'm friends with three John Zazulas. Well, there's only two that I have. Yeah, but no, there's two, and then there's like the fan page or something like that. Are you serious? There's something like that. I'm telling you, there's John Zazula everywhere. You know, that's like a funny. virus. You're, you're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, 
the Johnny Z virus. That's it. It's spreading all over. Well, listen, well, man. Here we go. But listen, thank you so much. I'm not going to hold you hostage. Um, okay. You know, um, this was really fucking cool. Um, Everybody, again, follow him at, at the John Zazula. He deserves more than 1,300 followers. Go to johnzazula.com. Buy an oh, I don't want him. <laughs> I don't want him. Then I got to post You don't have to follow him back. But Right. Oh, my God. All right. You know what? I'm going to put in a picture. When you send me something interesting. Oh, I'm going to put in your poster in there. I'll, I'll do that tomorrow. All right. I, I think I, I follow you on Instagram as it is. And I'm going to put up the coming soon one. And then the day this drops, which is we're on podcast on now, but it's going to be next Thursday at noon is when I put up the main one, the one that, you know, where you with the horns. And I love that one. I love it. That one's going up as soon as it drops and that's going everywhere. Listen, man, all the best to you, Jimmy. All the best. I really mean it. Likewise, man. Likewise. Um, you take okay. care of yourself and thank you for having me on your show, bro. Thank you for everything you've done and thank you for your time. All right. Peace. Much, much respect. Peace. And I'll be talking to you very shortly. All right. <laughs> Later, John. All right. Are we still recording? This is the first time I ever did this. Yes. All right. Well, um, before me and John were recording, he was like, ah, you're going to make me sit there and. I'm going to sit there looking stupid while you read off your sponsors and everything. So I just want to shout out my sponsors. Like I always do. Um, Dead sled coffee at dead sled coffee on Instagram. Um, follow them there. Also go to deadsledcoffee.com. Um, if you type in the promo code Brooklyn blast, you get 15% off of your order and anything over $40 is free domestic shipping. Thank you, Mike, for, you know, being a sponsor and the whole Dead Slate Coffee team. Um, follow them everywhere on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, everywhere at Dead Slate Coffee. Um, there's New Republic Printing. Um, I do have a few, a very, very limited amount of my Pazuzu Broken Blast Furnace shirts. Um, if you're into horror movies and shit like that, um, I have very few left, but they were made by New Republic Printing, who's a sponsor. Follow them on Instagram at New Republic Printing. If you go to newrepublicprinting.net, um, they, uh, they, I mean, you could choose whatever you want to get, you know, whatever merch you want printed on. Um, it's a little, they're a little bit slower right now because there's less people in the factory and stuff like that because of this whole virus nonsense. But um, they'll take care of you. And um, am I still recording? Yes, Jesus Christ. Um, it's weird just me recording like this without looking at somebody else, but, um, yeah, they have no, uh, no screen fees, no setup fees. And if you get your, your order shipped to a commercial address, it's free domestic shipping, um, generation records, follow them at generation records on Instagram. They're located at 210 Thompson street in the West village <clears throat> here in New York city. And, um, yeah, um, and Crusox, follow them at Crusox, C-R-U-S-O-X everywhere. Um, what they do is if you buy one pair of socks, they donate a pair of socks to people in need. If you buy two pairs, they donate three pairs. If you do buy three pairs, they donate five pairs. Um, so go to Crusox.com, they give back. So, you know, 
everybody wins. Nice pair of socks. Nice, nice. And uh, you're helping somebody else. And you're helping me. Well, not really helping me. I'm just spreading the word because if it can help somebody, why not? Um, also, I want to shout out, I have a Patreon account. If you go to patreon.com slash the Brooklyn Blast Furnace, this podcast will always be free regardless. But um, there's three tiers, $5 a month, $10 a month, and $20 a month. Once you get to the 10 and $20 a month, there's merch involved and stuff like that. Um, so it's not like you're just donating. You're actually getting something. And if you feel like throwing the podcast a few bucks to help out with whatever, you know, it's appreciated. And if you don't have to either, that, that, that's perfectly cool. So I want to shout out my newest, my newest Patreon is I don't put out last names, but um, Mike E. Thank you so much, dude. Anthony F. John K. Jared B. Tommy S. Jason K. Mark K. Lori D. Jimmy G. Damian M. John B. Joey V. Thomas K. And Craig H. Those are my patrons for the time being, and your support is greatly appreciated. Um, so yeah, I hope that you guys enjoyed that uh, episode with Johnny Z. I know I probably spoke a lot, like I always do, but listen, I'll admit it. I'm a fan of the guy. He was a huge part of my, uh, you know, my teenage years. Um, you know, there's so many stories that I could have told, but you know, then it would be the Jimmy Ferrari show. And a couple of them I had already told before on the podcast on different episodes, but, um, the guy's a legend, man. You know, he fucking signed Metallica, kill them all, ride the lightning, anthrax, Testament, overkill, violence. It's, it's just the guy, what that guy did was incredible. And while I was speaking with him, I felt like I was a 15 year old little knucklehead with a mullet all over again. But, um, so thank you so much for everything, guys, girls, whoever's listening, watching, um, you're appreciated. And, uh, he said that, yeah, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play, uh, his, uh, the, the lone rager. Um, he gets into it on the, uh, in the book. And he said that, that was all just Jack Daniels and a day at the studio that was paid for with nothing going on. So he decided to rap <laughs> and this is really old and it's cheesy and it's ridiculous, but that's what makes it awesome because he doesn't give a shit. And why would you? It's a lot of fun. Um, but, uh, yeah, go to johnsazula.com, support that guy. And um, yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end with the Lone Rager and I am going to slip. I'm going to put, I'm going to fucking throw like an Anthrax song on or an SOD song at the end. That's what I'm going to do. I don't know which one yet, I'll decide. All right, but uh, thank you, everybody. Go to Instagram and just follow at the Brooklyn Blast Furnace and uh, hit the link in the bio. And that'll just bring you to everywhere where, where the podcast is available. Subscribe on YouTube. And uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this. And uh, thanks a lot. We're over here now. Peace. What's that loud rage noise I hear? The leaves are ringing in my ear. It's past the fall, foundation reset. Oh my god, it's heaven now. Can't go dancing to its beat. Maybe tripping over your own feet. But chill out, brothers, don't get too much.
Your hand. 
culo. 